Hello everyone, this is Tim. Sorry it took so long for me to return to you. You have no idea what's been happening. Let me fill you in. Um, I went to the street, went to 34th Street, and hung out for a night, um, for a portion of a night, looking for all of these street teams that's helping homeless people and all of this stuff. And what I found was Homeless people sleeping like always, and the police officers just watching over them. And so I'm in there, sitting in there, um, looking at the police officers, looking around, and they're looking at me like, what were you expecting? You know, we talk with our eyes a lot and expressions. Um, so <clears throat> Mayor Adams is talking but I'm afraid whatever he's doing is probably so minimal. And if I know him, they're probably spending so much money on so little agents when they could just be giving that money to us to pay rent or building new housing with it and making low-income housing so that we can pay rent according to our incomes. That's what it's going to take. That's what it took in the 70s and 80s. And it's definitely going to take that now. Nobody wants to do that. So here we are. Um, I did get an Airbnb um, that night and did come over. So I've been doing that. And as you know, when I go to Airbnbs, I have to take my stuff from storage and bring it here and a lot of back and forth. So I didn't get to give you the podcast. I've, in the meantime, decided to change some of my things on my Patreon page. I don't have any patrons. I'm trying to get some patrons. And um, so my tier one is going to be my sampler for my tier two and tier three. You'll get some information on tier one. These podcasts will go on tier one. And I'm going to share samples of things. Um and share what I'm doing, what I'm working on, what I'm creating, because this is the thought factory, right? So one of the things I created was a little post um, called On the Street. And you can catch this on my Instagram, Tim Connerson. It's my Instagram post. Um, thought is Food is my Twitter. Facebook is the NYC Fleet Market. I created a page, but Timothy Scholar is my Facebook, but just go to my Instagram. That's where all my posts are. Or the link here on this site links to all my platforms. Um, and I created this little thing on the street. And at the bottom, I asked for donations to go to my cash app. And trying to raise resources to function and to survive. And what I wanted to do is use my journalism chops. You know, I have a degree in journalism where I studied under John Manbeck, Brooklyn historian. And I wanted to always use my reporting. And I've been over the years, you know, in my podcast, trying to figure out a way to report what's happening on the street. So I call it simply on the street. It's a little. Um, it's a little report little box i put that every day you'll see it if you go to my instagram and i'm gonna write to you some things that i've reported on so far i'm gonna read you the first three and you can also donate to this platform to this podcast if you want 
Um, so one is the fundamental problem that we all have is that sanity is discouraged in our society. I have met people who are forced to sleep on plastic lawn chairs because their job does not pay them three times the rent of rooms or apartments. The response from officials at every level is nothing. So that was my first one. They got longer, a little longer. Um, the second one was, and this is an important one, when we ask you for a donation or a donation so that we can eat, what we are really asking is, do you think that we are human too? When you give anything, you answer, your answer is yes. When you give nothing, your answer is no. We must remember how human we are when more people say no than, let, than yes. So we must remember how human we are when more people say no than yes. Say that we're not human. Um, I don't know why I'm explaining that. It's just so strange. Third one, a child used his legs to sneak past his dad in the laundromat in a stroller. The dad caught the child and he backed up while staring at his dad. We laughed at the whole scene. It's these kinds of events that help us make it, make it through each day in this dystopia. I have to do some corrections on that. Um, well, I've already posted it, so. So that's on the streets, and I asked for donations on that. Um, I've also published a book right now. I'm publishing a book called, and I've been reading you some of the things, but it's called T Temple of Tones, where I'm using music. I'll read you some of that next time when I have published it and put it in the store. Um, we're going with, oh, we, I did a series. I kept having all these ideas for scripts or shows or something, but I would always get like one and could never say how to go to episode two, three, four, and five. So I said, you know what I should do is do a serial. Serials are very popular. And so I'm doing telling tales. And I did a whole season worth of scripts for one. Um... Telling Tale Season 1. I'm working on Telling Tale Season 2. It helps me to get these out. You can see these on my Substack, brooklynbrain.substack.com, which is all in the link. You go to my link, my link tree. My links are all here on Anchor. So you can get all of this work or get access to all of this work. Um... Let me see. I'm looking for my telling tales. I'm going to get all the episodes right. Because um, I know them, but I want to get them in order. So that you all are not running around. I'll tell you about some of the episodes and how I came up with them. Telling tales, the series, and... Yeah, so some of these stories are very interesting. Some of them are old stories I had laying around that I never really developed into series. Some of them are just stuff I make up from just my time in the street, on the subway, um, just thinking. Uh, 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 computer's getting slower. 
poverty robs us of everything, including equipment. Someone gave me a, a Chromebook, but a lot of my stuff, my my Microsoft stuff, doesn't work with Chromebook. So one of the things is making these little ads and little things like um, adding text to things. And I didn't really have a good program for that. And everything app I tried to download, flyer makers and all that, they wanted you to pay. So again, we know my situation. So episode one is Samuel Mann's dream. And in this one, a guy goes to a shop and the mysterious shopkeeper gives him a potion to help him sleep. This guy Samuel's having bad, bad hard time sleeping, but he wants to sleep more. And he sleeps and he has these vivid dream about being in the Middle East and people bombing him. Or bombing him as him and his friend are walking down the street. And his two friends. And they're soldiers. So this is actually based on the dream I had. And two of my friends were in it. I've never been in the military, so I don't know why we were soldiers. But my, one of my friends was in the military. Um, so that's what I did. I, I, I developed it into this story. I was going to develop it into a series, and I still may. And where I wanted to go with it was that when he has these dreams, they're actually real-life events. Um, and... Eventually, an agency finds out that he's having these dreams and that they're real events. But I never developed how. Are they going to be future events? Are they going to be just events that's happening? And how would the agency know about it? Right? So, um, I never really developed that. But I did that one episode. So, I put this in Telling Tales. It's really good. Episode two was gentrified. I think I talked about gentrified before. It was a man, white man moves into the neighborhood and sees a black guy barbecuing in his sauce. And he goes up and he tests the food because he sees the crowd is going crazy. This black guy's barbecuing in his front yard of a brownstone that, you know, his grandmother, mother. And I always made this to be a short. So I just put it in here. I never was going to develop this into anything more. And then the white man says, you know, after eating it, goes up to his accountant and banker and says, we got to invest in, have a food idea, you know. So that's gentrified, that everything gets gentrified and everything gets taken. Episode three was when Nana's ruled. I took all my shorts and put them in here. Basically, when elder women, because our community was always a matriarchal one, never a patriarchal one. I don't care how many times they try to tell you that, don't believe it. We've always respected, for the most part, our women, and they've always been in the lead. Always been the strong ones, always been the struggle. So when I hear black women saying, oh, I just want to be kept and I want to be this and I want to be secured and I want to be blah, 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 blah. I know they don't know their history because black women in this country have never been that. Black women will never be that. 
and should never want to be that. As a matter of fact, no woman should want to be kept. Being kept means you're being imprisoned. And I, I think one of the problems that white women are having is they're trying to be secure, kept, without being dominated. And you can't have it both ways. If you want to be equal, if you want to, with white men, then you have to be equal with them. You have to be willing to go out and do the dirty work that white men do to keep this society going, which is grinding other black people down. And one of the things with a lot of white women is they're not doing the dirty work. They're just reaping benefits. And for that, you got to suffer under patriarchy. Can't have it both ways. Um, so I think that whole idea is, is dying. And um, thank goodness it's dying. So this is just when Nana's rule about matriarchs and how they took care of the younger girls and younger women in the neighborhood and how we need that kind of sisterhood. We need that kind of Nana um, concept again. Elders, respect for elders concept. Especially when I see a lot of old women and old men getting knocked down for um, change or their their, their mobile device or whatever. It's, it's crazy. Um, that's because we've gone away from the concept in our community. The shots. Uh, oh, I did a whole big thing on people getting shot, these children getting their shots for uh, a virus and what happens to the children. I'm not going to tell you because it's a, it's a twist. And what happens to the children as a result of it. I'm going to move on because that could be controversial and because it has a twist at the end. Um, two for $5. This was another, was another short. So, yeah, and of course, the, the shot was motivated by just what's going on with the whole vaccine argument. Um, two for $5 is an old one I had. You might have heard me talk about it. It was a short. I made it to be a short, not a series, um, by the guy who his first day of retirement, how it ends up. Um, he tries to have just a regular day, and it's about him having a conversation with his inner voice as he goes through all these things just to get from his apartment to the store. So it has a twist at the end. I, it's kind of funny to me, but I have a weird sense of humor, so I don't know if everybody will find it funny or not. Um, episode six was public transport. And this is a nice one I wanted, because when I originally wanted to do a series, I wanted to do something, I was going to call it sci-fi sanity and do a lot of science fiction. But then I said, ah, then I'd be closing myself in. Let me just do tell and tells and I could do the sci-fi along with everything else. So I did a science fiction called public transport and it's a future where you're on the train and you get in cubicles. So nobody is sitting like right next to each other, but cubicles were closed off and you can communicate with other people in their cubicles and their not cubicles. How do I say it? Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Tubes in tubes. So you get on, you get on the train and everybody has their own personal tube and they stand up in their own personal tube or slant in their own personal tube. And um, 
you can communicate with people in other tubes and go to a virtual world with those people. So Terrence um, sees Shia in her tube and they kind of give each other the eye and then they go to a virtual world together. So that um, they go on a date while they're on the transport. So I thought that was cool. I might turn that into a series too. I'm not sure. I just thought that was a cool story, sci-fi. Ocean Hill. Ocean Hill. A friend of mine does films and shows. He just did a documentary on Reverend C. Herbert Oliver, one of the big guys in the civil rights movement um, from Alabama. He came up and did the Ocean Hill Brownsville. He did the Ocean Hill Brownsville school school system. Gave black people, put black people in charge of the system. And the people who were there before never forgave him for it, even to the day he that he died. So my friend just did his documentary. It was good. Um, and he just passed. We're going to miss him. I was actually in an organization with him called BSEC. Um, the Black Society Educational Committee, something like that. And um, for a few years, it didn't do enough for me, but I learned a lot and heard a lot of stories from Gil Noble. He was also used to come to our meetings. So that was cool. A um, lot of stories. And my guy just made his film and has been working on other films and him and his wife own a production company. And they want to do something on Ocean Hill Brownsville. Because all with the shy and all these things, nobody's ever done anything on Ocean Hill Brownsville. And there's a lot of history to Ocean Hill Brownsville. So they called me up and said, we want to do it. We need somebody we can trust. We know you're a writer, on and on and on. And so I wrote this beginning. It's called Ocean Hill. And I sent it to them to show them. You know, They explained to me kind of what they wanted. And so I wrote this up as a beginning piece and I put it in my tell tell telling tells because you know I wanted to have it published and I want to have it published under my name so I put it in here and it's basically it's autobiographical and it's centered around a guy we know who's also involved with them who we grew up with and um so it's pretty good it's pretty good. And it's mostly about the drug era, the cops. So I have the police, the drug dealers, and, you know, the general and their women is what we're going to do, too. And what it was like for them. And I lived there. And I grew up in it. And I was during that era. So I know the neighborhood. So that was good. I got one called Crack Jack, which, again, is little stories I was doing from... That happened in Ocean Hill, Brownsville. And this might even roll into the other story, maybe. I don't know. I probably would do another one about a coming of age with me and my friends in Brownsville. Um, but if we get this other Ocean Hill off the off the ground, we'll see. Um, this is Crack Jack, and it shows how crack a crackhead... I saw one time a crackhead fix an engine using the... Um, or get the the piece for an engine, a plug or something like that. You know, I don't drive, so I don't know all the pieces and parts. 
he took the switch and took the leaves off and used the little buds that was on there to measure to go to the junkyard to get the piece to bring it back and put it on and to make his money. And I just always thought that was brilliant. Um, the crack addicts, the brilliance of black people, period. Um, even though we're always in, in put in um, bad positions or always the whole just system is just designed to grind us up. We still show brilliance. Um, and I always remember that and put that in a story called Crack Jack. Uh, what episode are we on? We're on episode nine, high blood pressure. There's a story about me going to the doctor with my mom and how I had high blood pressure. I used to eat all kinds of meat. When I became a vegetarian, it was kind of like sudden. I was doing a raw food fast with my wife for 30 days and I liked how I felt. So I never went back to meat. And my friends said, oh, no, nah, we don't believe it. We don't believe it. It ain't going to last. That was six years ago. Um, because they know I used to eat every part of meat. Meat they wouldn't eat. Hoghead cheese. Um, pig ears. Cow. I think the only thing I haven't eaten was cow feet. I, but I probably did. I probably had it in like in a Caribbean something. Because we've been to a couple of Caribbean things. Um, but I, that might be the only thing meat I haven't eaten. And it's not because I just I just never got around to it. Um, so, you know, I had high blood pressure at 14 and we went to Kings County Hospital. And this was kind of like the scene around that really funny scene. Um, I mean, it's not funny because black men with high blood pressure, a lot of us are having strokes and dying out. I'm losing so many friends. I'm 50 and I've lost friends already in my circle to um, health and, of course, violence. And, of course, as a young man, I lost a lot of friends to violence. So high blood pressure is no joke, but I made a story into it and just very autobiographical, very. Um, Innocent Man, this is another autobiographical. When I was about six or seven, my landlord was, I can't remember their names, but it was an older black couple. And their son, um, he worked in a garage around the corner from us. And he was down on the corner. And I remember going to the window that day and speaking to him. I always thought he was cool and he always, you know, treated me like a little little brother in a way. That's the way it was in the 70s. And... He was on the corner talking to me for a bit, and then I went and did my homework. And I remember they said that he stole someone's purse. The cops came and got him. And because the his boss said, well, he only went on a break for like a few minutes, but, his, but he wasn't in his boss's presence. Now, it was impossible for him to have robbed this lady where she was and gotten back to work. Uh... But she picked him out of a mug book. He had a record. And so, you know. And I remember saying to my mom, no, he can't go to jail. Tell him. I was talking to him. I saw him. But I guess as a child, they wouldn't think to use me. Or maybe they would put me on the stand and confuse me. or But they never used me. And I always was upset about that. Because I saw him. He was an innocent man. And from that time, from six years old, I knew that... um 
black men could just be put in prison for anything. Whether they did it or not. Six years old. So, six or seven. And uh, and I think he plead and got less time because it was just easier. They're putting his mother through all that and going to court and paying for lawyers and all that. And that's always the position. They're just now getting around to trying to do something about that. Um, bail reform and all of that stuff like that. So that people don't have to sit in jail when they don't have money. So that was that. And innocent man, I did one on that a short. I actually did very little science fiction, being that that's what started me to want to do a series. Um, episode 10. Oh, I'm thinking about the, the new season. Okay, so yeah, that was the last episode of that. Um, Innocent Man. That was episode 10 or 9. Let me think. Let me see. Let me scroll back up and see what episode that was. Oh, episode 10. Right, so 10 episodes every season. Right now I'm on season 2 and I'm into my third episode. Some really nice stuff. Um, I'm always on the street, so struggle comes in, but I, I really want to do more sci-fi. Really want to do more sci-fi. Um, I don't know if it's legal... But I'm going to try to find out, can I do some fans? Because I'm a Star Trek fan and Star and a Star Wars fan, but I would really like to do some Star Trek stuff. I have an idea for a story with the Borg. Uh, I don't know, I might do a Borg-like people, you know, that assimilate others. So we'll see. Um, I think I'm going to try that. It's in my mind. So that might be, you'll see that when I do Telling Tales episode two. So Telling Tales episode one, if you want to buy the rights to it, you can go to Etsy.com. If you just want to read it, you click the link and you can go to my Substack, or you can go to my Patreon. If you really want all my stuff in one place, go to my Patreon. That's the best way to do it. Um, but some of the tiers are expensive on the expensive side. I mean, they're $20, $25, but... They're only $20, $25 because you get merch. Every three months, you get merchandise. That's the way I set them up. That's why they're so expensive. So support it. Get merchandise back. And um, matter of fact, maybe I should put that in my ads that it comes with merchandise instead of free gifts. I don't know. I don't know if it matters. But um. So I have zero patrons. I've been doing Patreon for about two or three years. I had two. I had zero. So um, we'll see. One of my tiers is basically school. You can you can homeschool your child with tier three of Patreon for twenty five dollars a month. So I mean, I you know. But as has been proven after twenty twenty. Parents don't really, a lot of parents don't really care what their children learn or not. And I always knew that, but 2020 proved it for me. Case closed. No one can argue it. Done. But I still created the institution that we need because I know that um, the only way out of racism is for us to start building our own institutions. And it goes beyond businesses, schools, 
healthcare systems. We need new systems. We need our own systems and we need our own institutions. And I know they don't have to be big or large. Um, so I'm doing my part. That's all I can do. And I don't worry about other people's parts. But I do my part and I promote it so everyone can see. And I think people respond to it more now. I never used to get anyone liking my stuff or looking at the stuff or like, oh, what is it? Now they're looking saying, okay, no, this, this, this matters. So I was always like five to ten years ahead of people. But I think now because we're always in crisis, that time moves quickly. So it's a matter of like one or two years rather than five years to ten years that people come around. Now, if they haven't come around enough to give the support, like the economic support, to give the resources, but we'll see if I live long enough to get that, if they come around to that. Um, and like I say, if you really want to end racism and you're not black, support people like me. If you listen to this, just support me. And you can support this podcast by giving directly. You can support this podcast by going to the link. Or becoming a sponsor. I would love to have you as a sponsor. And um, I can definitely do takes and put you, you know, add you as a sponsor. No problem. Um, I like the way this podcast goes. I think I'm going to do this, this style. Show you what I'm producing. So, I'll probably be coming to you a lot. Because I'm producing a lot of work. I don't get paid much, but... I produce a lot of work. And if work where you got paid for production, I would be doing really well. So, And I produce good stuff, not garbage. So I'll see you next time. I'll talk to you next time. Take care. Try to stay safe. Try to stay sane. And remember, it's a thought-based life for us.